0: thank you for joining us today. As Associate Pastor Paul shares the Word of God, our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Associate Pastor Paul with today's message. All right, let's go to Lord in Prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just... Commit this time to you, we open our hearts, we open our minds. God, we ask as we have gathered here at this service, we ask that you speak to us, Lord, that you download, God, your heart, your intentions, your vision, your direction for our life as we submit our hearts and our minds to you. When we ask these things in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, this is the second time that I've preached in almost five months Uh, It's the longest really that I have gone in a very long time being in the ministry uh, here, Uh, but in light of the circumstances, I felt that it was necessary for me to have a little bit of a sabbatical and a time off to be able to recoup and, and to get myself back on the right page and where I need to be, Uh, but I'm super excited about these next two sessions that we're going to have together this Wednesday night and next Wednesday night. And so I really want to encourage you to do everything that you can to make it and be a part. Uh, The title of what I'm going to be speaking on is Desperate Places, Finding Purpose Through Pain. Desperate Places, Finding Purpose Through Pain. And um, I... I know that we all face challenges, amen? We all face difficulties, but sometimes you face a biggie. You know, you you hit just a a major roadblock in life, and there are people in this room tonight who know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and, you know, I'm I'm not just talking about the, the little everyday trials and tests that we have. You know, my air conditioner broke last night. I mean, it did. It broke. And, you know, I was in there working on it. Because I know how to do that, thank God, and uh, I patched that sucker through, and it got me through to the day, and you know, and then my wife got robbed today, you know, and she got credit cards stolen from her and money stolen from her. So we all have adversities, right? Did anybody else have any today? A little test, a little adversity. Well, there were several hands that went up. Okay. I mean, and it can be as small as getting out of your car and walking through the yard of your neighbor's house and stepping in a puppy mine. You know what I'm saying? Or it can be really, really big. It can be a really big deal. We all experience challenges and difficulties at certain seasons and times in life. It can be a layoff. It can be a divorce. It could be a breakup. It could be a negative doctor's report. It can be a loss of a loved one. All of us have or will have or are right now in the middle of a difficult test or a season of testing. We find ourselves at some point in time in what I call a desperate place. It's desperate, it's, it's difficult, it's, it's hard, it's overwhelming. You almost feel like you can't breathe. You don't know if you're going to make it or not. It's a really tough place. And you know, you don't really have to read a whole lot of the Bible to see that a lot of God's people experienced desperate places. I just jotted down a few, Abraham with Isaac, Hmm tough spot when God called Abraham to do what he called him to do with his own son. Noah and the flood, Moses in the wilderness, Joseph and the pit, Gideon and the Midianites, David and Saul, Mary and the burden to carry the Christ child. Wow, I mean what a desperate place to find yourself in. Paul in prison, even Jesus had his desperate places. The garden of Gethsemane, and the cross. Even the Son of God faced and experienced difficulty in life. And, and church, I want to tell you tonight that here is the awesome thing about our God God knows how you feel, God knows your struggle because He was right there in it, in the muck and the mire and the difficulty and the pain. He was right there in it. Christ experienced it all, and he experienced it for us. And what hope, amen, what hope that gives us as God's people to know that Jesus walked through what you and I face in this world. See, Jesus was in the garden of prayer. Y'all remember that moment? And one of the things that Jesus prayed was, God and I'm going to paraphrase this, okay? But basically he said, "Father, if there's any way that this horrible, terrible event, if there's any possible way that this that this future moment that I'm staring at could could go away, if there's any way that I didn't have to face it or or didn't have to deal with it, God, I'm asking you to please God. Let this pass from me. But, not my will, but your will be done. Mm. And here's the interesting thing. God didn't intervene. God didn't stop it. Now, the Son of God, Jesus, prayed that God would not let this happen to him, and God didn't stop it. Now, I, what I want to look at tonight is, and, and I'm just going to maybe peel back a little bit of some layers of falsehood that we have had ourselves um, enamored in, in the charismatic movement. In the faith movement in the faith word movement and understand that i'm not against the faith movement or the faith word movement i'm a faith man but you have to know and you have to understand that when the bible in Hebrews chapter eleven it starts walking you down the hall of faith and it starts talking about all of these people of renown who shut the mouths of lions and overcame perilous moments and 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 you know walked through fire and weren't burned. After it finishes talking about that, and I don't have time to look at it tonight, but you can go look at it, but after it goes through this whole discourse of all these people who conquered nations and overcame the sword and did all these incredible things, then it gives a list of people who were martyred and who were put to death and went through serious, serious suffering and trial and hardship, who lived in caves and holes and hid And I think that our flesh likes to look at the part that is all the the eye candy, you know, the conquering, the overcoming, the defeating. We like to see that and we like to pass over the other part. But you would do yourself an injustice as a believer to pass over that because if you pass over that, you are going to rob yourself of a treasure of growth that God has for your life. Now, Jesus passed through this desperate place. He endured it and he overcame. And here's my question for our church tonight. What will you do when you enter into a season of desperation? You know, some of you TC guys that are here tonight, you found yourself in that place, amen? Some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because you've actually hit that place in life. You may actually be in that place right now in your life. But my question is, what will you do when you enter a season of desperation? How will you be affected by it? How will it change you? How has it changed you? What kind of person will you be as a result of it? Or what kind of person are you as a result of going through a very, very difficult season in your life? And I believe that the answer to this question is determined by one of two things. And I want to encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at a scripture This is Jesus, he's teaching in parables and man, he he gives a really good one here. In my opinion, one of his best and he had a lot of really good ones. But in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, and I'm going to be reading from the uh, New International Version, Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 through 27, it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, here's what I want you to notice. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against both houses. Both. Didn't say the guy that built his house upon the rock never had a storm, now, he had tulips and roses growing in his front yard with a swing set, you know, and the sun setting, and everything was wonderful all the time. That's not what it said. No, it said, both, both builders experienced the same storm. Can I have an amen? The difference is one stood through the storm, and one was overwhelmed and washed away by the storm. See it has everything to do with your foundation. Your foundation is going to determine how you react and how you respond and how you will be after the storm blows through. I was getting ready a couple of weeks ago uh, to leave and go out of town. I was actually planning on leaving on a Thursday night to go visit my family and um, we had that big storm blow through. It was while Brook Hill Camp was going on. It was like the last week or the second to the last week. I mean, it was a humdinger of a storm. I mean, it knocked out power all over hot springs. I mean, trees and limbs. And so I was going to leave, but this storm blew in, and I just said, well, I'll wait until the morning and leave. And I woke up that morning, and my house was still standing. It was awesome. But you know what? Everything that could be shaken loose was shaken loose and it was in my front yard and it was across the street in the church parking lot and in the church lawn. Yeah. I'm talking limbs this big, I mean as big as the, my, the, my legs or bigger, were broke out of my trees and they were all over my yard and I had three hours of cleanup of getting it all cleaned up. Because this storm blew through, and it broke loose all of these limbs, and I'm telling you, anything that was not secure was broken loose by this storm. Are you relating to my analogy? Because the same is true in our life. Anything that is not on a sure foundation is going to be shaken loose when the storms come. What will you do in a desperate season? How will it affect you? How has it affected you? What kind of person will you be as a result of it? What kind of person are you? See, that's determined by what you do right now. What you're doing at this moment right now is going to determine how you're going to respond and how you're going to be after you pass through a season of desperation. What are you building your life on? You know, when you go through a really, really difficult place, you reevaluate your life. How many of y'all have ever been there? Maybe you got a bad doctor's report and, boy, they told you. And, I mean, you're like, wow, I might not be here for very long. And, 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 you know, we have people in this room tonight that have had that happen to them. Or maybe some tragedy happened in your family, something you've had to face, and now you're at this moment in your life, and it makes you reevaluate, and you have to begin to ask yourself some some serious questions about your life. But you got to look at it, and you got to say, okay, what am I building my life on? Are you feeding on the word? Are you listening to podcast? Are you praying? Are you listening to worship all throughout the day? See are you feeding your spirit, man? What you need to be feeding him so that when that time comes? And I want you to understand that word, when, not if. Because the Bible makes it very clear. It's not if it is when. Here's a couple things that I know about storms, and I learned these, uh, you know, through a lot just being around here and doing camps. A couple things I know about storms. One, storms are inevitable. They're inevitable. They're going to happen, and two, they're often sudden. I mean, it would be great if we could all predict when storms were going to come, but we can't. You never know when something's going to happen. Something's going to break loose. Some difficult thing is going to just rear its head in your life or in your family. You can't decide that and you can't determine that. But what you can determine is what you're doing right now about it. You know, how many of y'all have ever flown on a commercial airline of any kind? Okay. And it's fun. It's fun to fly on a commercial airline. But you know, there's always that little bit of in the back of your mind. Every time I get on one and I sit down, I'm thinking, man, I hope they put some extra fuel in this plane. That's what I always think. I don't know why I think that, but I'm just always like, I hope they got enough fuel in this plane. Because, you know, running out of gas in a plane, that's a little different than running out of gas in a car. Car, you just kind of coast over the edge of the road, plane, I, I mean, it's over. And so I'm like, okay, I hope there's enough gas on this plane, I hope there's enough fuel in this plane. But here's what wise airports and wise pilots do. We got a pilot in the room tonight, at least one I know of. And pilots always anticipate storms. You never know. I've flown on flights before where, you know, I was supposed to go from this destination to this destination. It was supposed to take an hour and a half. And I got rerouted. Has anybody ever been rerouted? You know, it's amazing. Storms can reroute where you think you're going. You think you're going from point A to point B. You know, the Bible talks about be very careful about saying, well, we're gonna do this, and next year we're gonna do this, and I'm gonna build this, and I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna do this. The Bible says be very careful about doing that because you don't know what you're gonna do. You can wake up tomorrow, you can get a phone call, tonight that could change your whole life trust me because storms can come and they can reroute where you thought you were planning on going and here's the thing I've had to circle an airport before I had to fly in a holding pattern for a period of time in a plane so that other planes could land and get out of the way so that we could safely land And I was really, really glad that that pilot and those people in charge were wise enough to put extra fuel in the plane to compensate for the possibility of a storm. I mean, life is good, everything's going great, woo, it couldn't be better. And there's a lot of people in this room tonight that are in that place, and man, I'm gonna tell you, I'm happy for you. That's a wonderful place to be, but don't be foolish. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock. Take on extra fuel because you never, ever know when a storm is going to come up. See, what are you building your life on? The, see, you understand, that, that, that wise builder, he built his house upon the what? What? the rock. Jesus is our rock. I want you to look straight down right now, straight down at the floor. What is that? That's rock. That's concrete. That's a smart move. Our church was wise and it was smart when it made its foundation concrete. And not only did we do that, But if you look in these different places where these beams are that are going up, and in certain sections of this building, there are deep, deep pillars that go feet, several, several feet into the ground, and they have rebar all in them. And they're full of concrete to support the weight of this building because when we built this building, we understood that storms come. And I don't know if you've thought about it, But if you just walk outside and look from this end to this end, that's a really big sale. And you get wind blowing against that deal right there, it can collapse if the foundation isn't right. And so the podcast and the prayer and the reading of the word and the worship That's all your concrete mix that you're pouring into your foundation so that when the storms come, when they blow through, and you never know when they're going to happen, man, they just pop up out of nowhere. We've all had that. We've all experienced it. We've all been driving down the highway, and all of a sudden, man, you've had to pull the car over. It was so bad. You just could not keep driving. See, this is your concrete. This is what supports you when the storms of life come. You want to know how you can tell what kind of foundation that you currently have is? It's a real easy test. To know what kind of foundation you have right now in your life is a real easy test. Just look at how you respond to all the everyday little adversities that you face. I mean, if you just come unwound, I just can't take this. I just can't believe it happened. They oversweetened my coffee. I can't take it. I'm pulling back through Starbuck. I'm giving him a piece of my mind. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I can't believe I spilt that. This is brilliant. Ah! It's amazing. I watch people. And I think to myself, I, would, I will trade you problems any day. I would love to have that problem. It'd be great. But see, that's how you know where you are. That, that's an indicator of what kind of foundation that you have. See, that stuff just blows off. You know, I mentioned we get, get, my wife got robbed, and, and obviously she was not happy about that <laughs> at all. But you know what? We're still saved. We're still here. We're not going to let it steal our joy. We call the credit card companies cancel our cards. That's just what you got to do. And you got to move forward. See, look at how you react to the little weekly struggles and challenges that you face. Because how you respond is a real indicator of how you will respond when you hit a desperate place, a biggie, a major obstacle in your life. In church, I want to challenge you, I want to warn you, I want to prepare you for your place of desperation because it's likely that you are going to encounter one at some point in time in your life if you hadn't yet. And I'm not, you know, speaking negative over anybody, but, you know, and I don't get the word of faith people upset at me. Now, oh, you're making that negative confession. You know, I, I had a guy, uh, when I was back, when I was in Bible college, and I mean, he used to get on to me all the time because I would... Like, I would say, like, I have a headache. Don't say that. I mean, that guy would get on me. Or I would say, man, I just don't really feel good my stomach. Oh, don't say that. Say you're healed. Say you're healed. He was always getting on me about that. And I remember one day I said something. I don't remember when I was, man, I just, my throat hurts. i just, I just don't feel good. And he jumped all over me again like he always does. And I, I don't know, something just came over me, and I just grabbed him. I pushed him up against the wall, and I said, don't you listen to me. I want you to listen to me right now. I want you to put on my tombstone, I told you I was sick when I die. Why don't you quit getting on to me and pray for me? You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh. So I'm not speaking anything negative. It's just life. And and I want to encourage you young people, I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe this happened to my family. I've heard people say that to me. Or or I've heard people say that about their life. And here's my question, why? Why can't you believe it? Are you different than Jesus? Jesus? Because for me, church, the cross abolishes for all time that life is fair. Life is not fair. And the cross proves that life is not fair because Jesus was a perfect man with no sin, no selfish motivations, trying to live his life to love people, and they crucified him for it. And I think for all of us, because God put this sense of fairness and justness in us, and God did, that's why we say that's not fair. Or that's why we rally against injustices and, you know, we we come against these causes. And these are all good things that we do. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great when you get behind injustices and try to right wrongs. But God has placed that sense of fairness and God has placed that sense of justness in us so that we can know that he is righteous, and he is fair, and he is right, and he is godly, and he is loving, and he is merciful, but life isn't. And young people, I want to encourage you, don't confuse the two. Because many, many people, when something very difficult comes into their life. They confuse God and life. And God and life are two different things. God is righteous. Life is not. God is fair. Life is not. God is kind. Life is not. But see, we have this Savior. We have this wonderful Savior who walked through this world and experienced this and experienced the injustice and the unfairness of this life and yet he overcame. Can I have an amen? Amen. See, Jesus overcame. In James 1, verse 2 through 4, it says this, and y'all have heard this many, many times. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, many kinds, There's all different kinds. Trials come in all different flavors, all different sizes and all different packages. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, watch this, perseverance. I'm gonna tell you what. I've got me a good dose of that these last few months. My family has. Perseverance. And it says, let... Let, look at that, let perseverance finish its work. Now, listen, listen, let perseverance finish its work. It's a process. You hear me, TC, guys? You're in a process. You got four months. And it says, you're going to have to let it have its good work in you. Now, you don't have to let it. You can leave. Lots of guys do. You guys have been coming to our church for a number of years. I know your leadership there. You got some great guys. Y'all been coming. I've seen lots of guys come and lots of guys go. But you have to let it have its good work. And it is a process. Now, Here's the the great thing about it. If you understand that it is a process and there is an end result of glory, you can endure and you will hang on. See, look what James, verse uh, 4 says it says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. I just can't deal with this person that I work with, they're just too hard. I just can't deal with my mate. I just can't deal with my children. I just can't deal with this situation. This circumstance is just, I just can't deal with it. Well, you need to learn to deal with it because you're going to have a whole lot more before you go on to be with Jesus. Now, I wish I could say that you weren't, but you are. And that's just the world that we live in. And this is not gloom and doom. This is learning to be a conqueror, an overcomer. A person who can grab hold of what Jesus died to bring us. Life and life what? More abundant. See, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the work of the devil. But Christ, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God's all about more. God's all about more abundant in your life. That's what God is about. Now, here's the thing about a desperate place. A desperate place will expose what's in your heart. Now, if you go through a little trial, you can fake it till you make it. You can come to church. You can put a smile on your face. You can shake people's hands. You can be good. Everything can be great because it's just a little trial. But trust me, When you hit a desperate place, you can't fake it. There is no, and and, and there are people in this room tonight that know what I am talking about. You can't fake it. See, you can with small adversities, but when you're in a desperate place, it exposes what you're made of. A desperate place is the crucible of testing. It is the crucible of testing. Whatever you've been putting in and whatever you've been meditating on will be squeezed out of you in the vice of desperation. Because it just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And you will begin to see things come out of your life that will be exposed and brought to the surface and revealed to you about yourself. And then you're going to have to deal with what comes up. I've been in the ministry for a long time. I've counseled lots of people. I've been around lots of people. I've watched people turn their back on God. I've watched people become atheist, I've watched people become agnostic, I've watched people say they're deist. I've watched all kinds of things. And all of these changes happened in the crucible of testing. See, the crucible of testing, it will change you. For better or for worse but you will not leave the crucible of testing without being changed. Now, you know, I talked about getting the word in you, I talked about getting podcast in you, but but I want you to understand, I'm not just talking about memorizing scriptures, okay? Memorizing scriptures will not get you through A desperate place you've got to internalize the word it's got to become a part of who you are it's got to go down deep inside of you it's got to move from your head to your heart you can't just memorize scripture and it's going to get you through that won't be enough trust me it won't be enough that's not building your house upon the rock Now, there's nothing wrong with memorizing scripture. You need to memorize scripture. But it's got to make a movement in your life. See, the word has to be truly active in you. Alive, isn't that what it says in the scripture? The word of God is alive and it's active. Is the word alive and active in you tonight? When's the last time you read it? When's the last time you cracked open a book? Because leaders are readers. You got to read. Any great leader is a great reader. You got to learn to read. That's one of the best things that you can possibly do. And as you read, you internalize it, you meditate it, you chew it, you get it in you. It becomes a part of who you are. Because, you know, all of us, you know, all of us experience times of refreshing, times of peace, times of rest. Aren't they great? I love them. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, how many of y'all ever said to God, God, I got to have a break? How many, honestly, let me see your hands. God, give me a break. I got to have a little reprieve. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with calling out to God and asking God for those moments. But you know, if your workout days are on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you cry out to God and say, God, I got to have a break. I got to have a reprieve. You won't grow. Chew on it. Are you hearing me? You won't grow. See, not all tests are bad. Now, I'm not saying they're not bad in the sense that they're bad, but I'm talking about you've got to see past the moment. You've got to see past the moment. And you can only do that by faith. And trusting in Jesus, that's the only way that you can do it. Because <clears throat> there's going to be moments where, I mean, everything's going great and life is good. And then I'm talking out of left field. I mean, something hits you. And I mean, like you have never had hit you before. I mean, it, it's, it's something. An unexpected storm. You know, we have seen songs, and, and I remember when Oceans came out. Man, what a great song. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? I love that song. I mean, I remember when it come out and we sing it, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders, where I walk upon the waters, wherever you will lead me. How many of y'all sang that song? Man, isn't that a fun song to sing when you're in worship and the lights are down low? And I mean, Courtney's up here leading us in worship, and it's just wonderful. Man, I can I, I get into that song. But you ever thought about the lyrics of that song? You better be careful about what you sing. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders, where I walk upon deep waters, wherever you may lead me. Because God says, I'll take you out into deep waters, I can take you out into deep waters. And it sounds so wonderful during worship because here's the thing, everything that you have been trusting in, when you get into deep waters, they will be taken from you. And then you have to ask yourself See, that, that's when the rubber meets the road. That's when it becomes real for you. Now, understand something. I'm not saying, and I want everybody to hear me, I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with crying, that there's anything wrong with hurting, struggling, pleading, grieving. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that. I'm not saying that you won't be confused and angry and upset and you might have to fight depression, that's the human part of who you are. You understand that? That's the human part of who you are, that's the natural part of who you are. Everyone's going to have to walk through and learn to navigate that part of their life and their emotions because desperate places will cause you to be tested in ways that you didn't even think you could be tested. that you didn't even realize could happen. They will put you in a place you've never been before. But here's the key. Here's the key, and I want you to get this. You often can't do anything about the circumstances that come your way in life. I wish we could, but we can't pick our storms, right? We can't determine when they come, and we can't determine how long they'll last, and we can't determine when they will leave. But you can decide how you will respond to them. You know, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul, he was on a boat headed to Tarsus and a great storm came upon him and his men and it said, for many, many days and nights the sun was blotted out. And it said, and at last when all hope was lost, When they came to the end of themselves, they began to throw everything overboard. They were abandoning all hope. They were just doing everything they could to maybe somehow survive, but they knew they weren't. When all hope was lost, Paul said, men, let's pray. Let's put our focus on God and let's see what he will do. Daniel didn't bypass the lion's den. Joseph didn't bypass the pit. Noah didn't bypass the flood. Abraham had to pack up, make the hike. See, God doesn't promise us that we're not going to experience Desperate places or difficult things in life. But here's what I want to make sure that you see. The scripture says, the same sun that melts the butter hardens the clay. And you can allow adversity, the heat of adversity, the heat of a desperate place to soften your heart, or you can allow it to make your heart bitter and hard. And you know what, the choice is yours. Once again, you can't determine the storm, the length of the storm, the severity of the storm, that is all outside of your control. I wish it wasn't, but it is, that's the way life works. But what you can do is you can determine how you respond. I love reading the Psalms. I read it often. David inspires me. Guy who went through some really, really tough challenges in life. Have you ever read those Psalms where David just talks about, my strength has been poured out like wax. I just roll around in my bed in my tears. It's miserable. It's awful. God, save me. And then David says things like Psalms 42.1, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, O God. See how David chose to allow his adversities to affect him? And that's what men and women of God do. See, here's something that we have to understand, church. We have a world of people watching us. They're watching God's church. God's church is not a building. God's church is his people. Y'all remember how it works, right? Here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the door. There's all the people. The church is not a building, the church is people. And here's what we have to ask ourselves. When a storm blows through in our life and we collapse, where does it leave the world? What hope does the world have if we're not going to stay securely footed on the rock of Jesus Christ when storms blow through our marriage, when storms blow through our families, when storms blow through our lives, when storms hit us at school or at college or at work? Where does it leave us if we collapse? The world is desperately looking for hope and they're gonna find hope in the rock, in the foundation of Jesus Christ and either your feet are gonna be securely, securely footed there or they're not and the test exposes it the test reveals it you live the word you meditate the word you find yourself in a season of trial and testing will you call out to God with an attitude of desperation or are you going to become angry at God And turn your back on him. Now, understand me. There is nothing, and I don't want anybody in this room tonight as I'm talking in this series to feel condemned because you you got angry at God or mad at God or you misunderstood. It's the human condition. I've been mad at my dad, I've been mad at my mom, I've been mad at my boss. Believe it or not, our perfect pastor. I mean, I've gotten upset with him before because I couldn't understand what he was doing. It didn't make sense to me. And we've all been there. But we still got relationship. We still love each other. We still move forward because we have this common vision. And that bond is the bond of love that we have in Christ. That's what moves all of us forward. See, your desperate place can propel you to your resurrection place if you will keep your eyes fixed on Christ. I'm going to say that again. Your desperate place can propel you to your resurrection place if you keep your eyes fixed on Christ. And I can honestly say, honestly say, that if it wasn't for Jesus... And if it wasn't for Jesus' people, there's no way that my family could have made it through the season that we've had to go through. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to him. I'm grateful to all of our church. Jesus endured his desperate place, and he overcame it, and therefore we can overcome ours. I love what it says in John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And young people, listen to me. The devil would love nothing more than you to have a heart hardened toward God because of something that you go through your parents divorcing. And we got young people in this room tonight, I wish that we didn't, that have had to go through their parents splitting up, and I know what that's like because my parents split up when I was a teen. My parents were married for 33 years and divorced. Unreal. Hard, tough, difficult. I was 17 years old. The time that I needed that more than anything else, the whole thing fell apart, and it, it just catapulted me into chaos because I didn't know Christ. Christ but you do know Christ. We have a room of young people in here that know Christ. And because you know Christ, you won't allow the anger to overtake you, the hurt to overwhelm you, the bitterness to take you out. What you will do is, is you will make that work for you and you learn to press deeper into God and get a hold of what God has intended for you to get. Are you hearing me, TC guys? Mom gave you up for adoption. A father abandoned you. I mean, I know know what it's like. I've experienced some of these things in my own personal life. But I read scriptures that say, take heart, I have overcome the world, and that gives me the fuel that I need, and that gives you the fuel that you need in your life. Many people, when they go through desperate places, they let bitterness and doubt and angry, they even become very defiant of God, it takes them out. But we understand as God's people, Proverbs 17, 3 says, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. God tests the heart. And if you're facing a difficult season of testing at this time in your life, I want to give you some advice. My wife gave our son this advice. I think it's great advice. She said, never give up on God. Because about the time that you do will be the time that God is about to do something awesome in your life. And I think that's a word that we can all take to heart tonight. Because all of us, if we're honest, if we were really honest, all of us have been at a place where we found ourselves struggling to move forward. Jesus told his disciples that were following him, that were following him. Jesus told his disciples that were following him, get in the boat and go to the other side. Did Jesus know the storm was coming? Yes. Did Jesus tell them to get into the boat anyway? Yes. And what did Jesus tell them to do? Go to the other side. Our job is to listen to him and to do what he says. Our job is not to try to figure out why storms happen. Now, church, I'm just gonna tell you, you can waste your life asking why. You can. Trust me, you can waste your life asking why. And I haven't asked why lately in my life. Years ago, I learned this lesson. It is a fruitless pursuit. There is no answer. And I've been smart enough to look at the Bible and read a lot of other books and seen a lot of people a whole lot smarter and a whole lot closer to God than I am, and they'll tell you the same thing. It is a fruitless pursuit asking why. There's not answers anyway. Here's your job. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side, but on their way they encountered a storm. In church you can always know that there is a storm between where you are and where Jesus is taking you. Always there's always a storm. But here's what you can also know. <clears throat> when you encounter that storm, and you start to drown, you can know that Jesus will not let you be overcome by the waves. He never has. And here's why. His father did not let him be overcome. And Jesus only does what he sees his father doing. And so our faithful leader, Jesus, He's not going to stop every storm in your life, T.C. guys, you understand? You're going to face difficulties here. You're going to have to learn to get along with other men. You're going to have to learn to submit to authority. You're going to have to learn to work through issues and problems. You're going to have to overcome habits and addictions. You're going to have to work through anger and find healing in your life so that God can take you to the other side of where he wants to take you because there's an other side. And see, that's what you've got to always hold on to, young people. When you are called by Jesus and you encounter a storm, it's so easy to set your focus on that storm like Peter did. But here's what you've got to know if Jesus calls you to go to the other side, he will see to it that he gets you to the other side. So here's what you have to hold on to that promise. And you have to say to yourself, I'm going to hold on and I'm going to make it through this storm because I've got to get to the other side to see what my Jesus has for me. Now that place of desperation, it may last a day, which is rare. It may last a week. It may be weeks, months. Or even longer but your job is to trust him and his job is to keep you from being overcome by the waves that's his job don't try to do his job you do your job God I trust you I don't understand this storm I don't know why this is happening it makes absolutely no sense and desperate places will not make sense and you will try to reason them and rationalize them with your mind and you cannot because they don't make sense. What you have to do is you have to put yourself in a place of faith where you say, God, I trust you. Remember the song, Spirit lead me where my trust is without, help me, borders. Where I walk upon on. The waters. That's where God is wanting to take us. And tonight, as I close part one of this two part series, I want you to consider some wisdom that my my brother in law gave my wife and I a couple of months ago. Mark Bird, I thought it was such a good thing that he said, and I wanted to share that with with our church. It says, When you're feeling like being angry at God, because of what you are experiencing, remember this. When it's all said and done, God is all you have. When it's all said and done, God is all you have. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a great way. Is, tonight, is God all you have if the whole world shook off its foundations and sometimes it will feel like it has there is one sure foundation that can hold you that can see you through and that is our faithful jesus he is the one who overcame he is the overcomer He is the conquering king, and he will lead us to the other side. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap, and you guys stand with me tonight. We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store.